read a story this week about 12 frogs who were uh, traveling together through a forest one day, and two of the frogs uh, fell into a deep, dark pit as they were making their way through the forest, and the other 10 frogs gathered around the pit, and they looked down into the pit, and they sure enough saw their friends way down in the pit, and they immediately thought to themselves, there is no way that those two guys are going to get out of that pit. It's just too deep. And the two frogs began to jump, and they started jumping, and they were trying to get out of the pit, but they weren't having any success. And so their 10 friends began to shout to them and said, don't try to jump. You're not going to make it. He said, there's no way. The pit is too deep. And the frogs continued to jump, and they were trying harder and harder to get out of the pit. And yet, their friends could tell it's not going to happen, and they st continued to say, it's useless. Stop trying to get out. Accept your fate. Give up. And finally, one of the frogs was so discouraged by the negativity of his 10 friends that he gave up and he died. But the other frog continued jumping, and the other frog kept trying to get out of the pit. And the other frog, as it jumped, it seemed to get stronger and stronger with every jump. Its jumps seemed to get higher and higher. The more it tried, it was getting stronger and stronger, jumping higher and higher. The other 10 frogs were saying, give up, you're not going to make it. And after a period of time, that frog made it out of the pit. And the 10 other frogs were stunned and amazed that this frog made it out of the pit. And they asked him, how were you able to keep jumping? How was it that you were able to get out of the pit when we were urging you to stop trying? We were actually discouraging you because we didn't think you could make it out. And the frog interpreted their words from their gestures and then said to his 10 frog friends, well, actually, you see, I'm deaf. And I couldn't hear a word you were saying to me. But all I could see was that you were shouting vigorously at me. I just assumed that you believed in me and you believed that I could get out of the pit. And so you were encouraging me to keep jumping. So as long as you were willing to believe in me, encourage me, I determined that I would keep trying to get out of the pit. Encouragement is motivational. Encouragement helps us to believe. Encouragement helps us to achieve. Encouragement is powerful. Encouragement makes a difference in and for us, and encouragement makes a difference in and for others around us. Encouragement is transformational. Encouragement puts a song in our heart, a smile on our face, and a spring in our step. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 7, if you would. We're continuing to unpack God's truth for our lives and relationships found in the golden rule here in Matthew chapter 7. Remember, we are able to apply the golden rule by God's power and wisdom at work in us as we follow him by faith day by day. Jesus told his disciples to follow him and he would make them fishers of people. In essence, Jesus told his disciples, listen, follow after me and I'll make you effective in ministry. And as we follow Jesus by faith today, he is the one who makes us effective in ministry. As we rely on 
Jesus, we're able to bear much fruit for Jesus. As we abide and remain in Jesus, we're able to bear much fruit for Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and prophets. Whatever we want to get from others, we are to give to others. As we shared last Sunday, since we want to get love from others, we're to give love to others. We're to give God's agape love to those God places around us. Agape love, as we discussed, is selfless and sacrificial. Agape love gives and gives and gives and never stops giving. Agape love seeks the best for others. Agape love seeks to be a blessing to others. Agape love is from God. We saw that, that Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. God produces his agape love in us and then God empowers us to show his agape love through us to those that he places around us. He produces this selfless, sacrificial love in us as we depend on him day by day. And then he empowers us to share it with those he places around us. And one of the most effective ways that we love others, one of the most prominent ways that we love others is by giving encouragement to others. If we want to get encouragement, we need to give encouragement. Encouragement is in short supply today. Encouragement is desperately needed today. Anger, bitterness, chaos, confusion, conflict, disunity, discord, frustration, hatred, injustice, lawlessness, misunderstandings, and resentment is running wild in our culture today. We see this, we hear about this, and we read this on a daily basis. It's not a surprise that so many people today are filled with discouragement, fear, and despair. It's not a surprise when we look at the world around us and what is going on. God has called us to be ministers of encouragement to the world around us. God has called us as his followers to be ministers of encouragement, his ministers of encouragement. God told us in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament that we're to consider, we're to think about, we're to dwell on ways in which we're to encourage others or spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We're to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of us is hardened by sin's deception. You see, we're called to be ministers of encouragement, number one, because we all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. There's never been one person that I've met. I'm still waiting to meet this individual. I'm not sure I really would want to meet this individual. But I've never met anyone in all my life who said to me, Mark, here's the thing. I'm just going to ask you one favor, if you would, in our relationship that we're able to establish. Please don't encourage me. I just don't want any encouragement. I really would appreciate it if you would just avoid all forms of encouragement. We all need encouragement. We can all give encouragement. All encouragement requires of us, it is a desire to obey God 
and to be a blessing to others for God. And the best time to encourage others, you know this as well as I, the best time to encourage others is always now. It's always right now. So we're going to encourage others right now. And we're going to do it abiding by all of the safety precautions and protocols we have to abide by. Uh, so we're going to do it a little different than we would do it otherwise if things were different. So take out your cell phones real quick. Take out your cell phones. Yes, I'm asking you to do this. I never thought I'd actually say this in a sermon. <laughs> it is true. I've never, never thought I would do this. But uh, I think the Lord wants us to take action. And so let's do this. Get out your cell phone uh, and make sure it's on silent uh, or vibrate. And I'm going to ask you to do this simple act. Go into your contacts and encourage someone through a text. Send someone an encouraging text. Short, simple, specific, but encourage someone. And I want you to send them a text. If you're an overachiever and uh, you want to do two or uh, three, then go ahead and do that. Um, but send a text or two, just a simple word of encouragement. Then, this is going to be the challenging part, put your cell phone back up. And do not give in to the temptation to check it and to see what or if someone has texted you or they responded to you. That will be your gift of encouragement after the service is over. You can go back to your cell phones and you can look and see what others have texted back. And someone will probably say, what are you doing texting me? I thought you were in church. And you can say, I am. I was in church. And yes, I was texting you. Encouragement is always best right now. So let me ask you a question. Did that feel good? Did that feel good? As best as I could tell, now some of you were really looking down, you were really getting into your text, which is a good thing. But as best I could tell, most of you, even as you were looking down and, and typing, you were smiling. You were smiling. Encouragement, we all need it, we can all give it, and it certainly, it certainly feels good. It's a blessing to us. And so we see encouragement in God's word comes from a combination of two Greek words. <clears throat> the first is para, and para means beside, by, or near. <clears throat> and the second is kaleo, para, kaleo, para, by, beside, or near, kaleo, to call, to summon, to invite. Encouragement means to call beside for the purpose of encouraging, exhorting, and strengthening. An encourager is someone who comes along beside someone else. An encourager is someone who comes along beside someone's else, one or more folks, to encourage them, to exhort them, to strengthen them. Encouragement allows us to pour courage into others. Encouragement allows us to pour courage into those that God's placed around us. And there is certainly a great need for encouragement today in our lives, 
in, in our relationship. So let's look at three ways encouragers encourage. Three ways that we can encourage others. If we can all be a Hall of Fame encourager, God wants each of us to strive to become a Hall of Fame encourager. And so we can encourage others in many different ways. Obviously, we encourage others through our words and actions, uh, and we'll be talking more about that in the weeks to come. But three ways encouragers encourage others, or three ways that we receive encouragement from encouragers. First, encouragement comes from comfort. Encouragement comes from comfort. We see an encourager as someone who comes along beside someone to comfort and console them in their time of grief, sorrow, loss, pain, trouble, struggle, struggle, or difficulties. Paul, the Apostle Paul, told us how he was encouraged by the comfort he received through Timothy about the Thessalonian believers. As you remember last year, we studied through the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul, Silas, and Timothy planted the church in Thessalonica, and it got off to a great start. The church was growing. Folks were coming to faith in Christ Jesus. Paul loved the believers in Thessalonica, but it wasn't too much longer after they planted the church, uh, only a few months later, that Paul, Silas, and Timothy were run out of Thessalonica due to the persecution they were facing from unbelieving Jews and others uh, for their faith in Christ Jesus. Before Paul uh, left Thessalonica, he reminded the believers, the very, very young believers in their faith in Christ Jesus, that they too would face persecution as followers of Jesus for their faith in Jesus. And so they left and they continued traveling from town to town. But since Paul left the Thessalonian believers so quickly, since he loved them so dearly, he couldn't take it any longer. And so he sent Timothy to go back to Thessalonica to check on them, to encourage them in their faith in Jesus, to make sure that they were still walking by faith in Jesus and that they hadn't turned away from Jesus because of the persecution they may have been facing for their faith in Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians, if you've not already made your way there, turn to 1 Thessalonians. We see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul sent Timothy. Timothy came back and gave Paul and Silas a report. It blessed them. And so Paul sat down and he penned these words uh, in this first letter that would be delivered back to the believers in Thessalonica. And Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 6 and 7, but now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. He reported that you always have good memories of us and that you long to see us as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and affliction, we were encouraged. Your translation may read, we were comforted about you through your faith. Paul and Silas were comforted. They were encouraged by Timothy's good report about the Thessalonian believers. In chapter 5, Paul later on, in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, he told the Thessalonian believers to comfort the discouraged. To comfort the discouraged. So comforting others is a way that we're able to encourage others. Secondly, encouragement comes through correction. An encourager is someone who comes along beside someone else to correct them when they are drifting away from God's word, when they are living according to the world and not the word, when they are living in disobedience to the Lord, when they are moving away from what God desires for them. You see, this is oftentimes called tough love today. And so we're able to 
encourage one another as we hold one another accountable to the truth of God's word, as we come along beside one another. And if we see one another struggling, if we see one another got caught, as Paul said in Galatians 6, got caught in a trend and a temptation and a trap, they come alongside to correct them, to to encourage them to, to return to the Lord. We're able to encourage one another as we speak God's word and the truth of God's word in love to one another, including those words of correction and even confrontation, as long as those words of correction and confrontation are spoken in love. Again, in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul wrote to the believers, and he mentioned this in uh, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He wrote to the believers, and he told them in chapter 5, he said, he warned them, warn the idle and the unruly among you. He told them to warn the idle, warn the unruly within the church family. Warn means to admonish, to reprove, to correct. So we see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, if you turn just a page or two to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11, here's what Paul had to say to them. For we hear there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy but busy bodies. That's a whole nother sermon all on its own. For a later day, but there's good truth there. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. Paul corrected the lazy, idle Thessalonian believers. Paul admonished them to get busy, to work. He admonished the busy bodies to work quietly so that you can provide for yourself. And so we see correcting others is a way in which we're also able to encourage others. A third way encouragement comes is from instruction. We encourage others through correction what not to do. We encourage others through instruction what to do. Instruction is one of the ways, one of the most prominent ways that we encourage others. One of the ways we give encouragement is by coming alongside one another. An encourager is someone who comes alongside a brother or sister in Christ to instruct them, to encourage them on how they can live and please God. Paul did this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Additionally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing Do this even more, for you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Paul encouraged the Thessalonian believers through his instruction to the Thessalonian believers. Paul's instruction was simply about how to live and please God by the power of God at work in them. Paul did not instruct them about his ideas, thoughts, or solutions, his opinions. No, he instructed them about how to live and please God by the power of God at work in them. Teaching others God's word is a way that we're able to encourage others. So as encouragers today in this week, we understand and realize that we have the privilege and opportunity to encourage others through our words, through our actions. And specifically, there's some ways that we can encourage others through going and comforting those who need to be comforted, going and correcting those who may need to be corrected, going and and helping to instruct those who who need instruction, who need teaching. It's a way in which we're able to pour 
encouragement into their lives. And so let's look now at a few key points about encouragement. These points are certainly what God wants us to embrace this morning because we need his encouragement. They're points that God wants us to embrace so we can express to those he's going to place around us this week. And they're points that we will uh, use as a guide as we continue to look at uh, God's encouragement to us over the next couple of weeks uh, found in his word. So turn to Romans chapter 15. If you're in 1 Thessalonians, all you got to do is go to your left, uh, just a, a few pages. You'll get to Romans 15 fairly quickly. In Romans uh, chapter 15, Paul wrote this amazing letter to the believers the church in Rome. So much doctrine, so much amazing truth. Here in uh, chapter 15, he's winding the letter down. And what Paul is doing is he is reminding the mature believers. Paul is reminding the believers in the church in Rome who are strong in their faith in Jesus about their obligation to bear with the weaknesses of those who are not strong in their faith in Jesus. What he's saying is reminding these believers once again, those who are mature believers are to help and encourage the immature believers as they grow in their faith in Christ Jesus. Those who have been walking with God for a long period of time, those who know him well, are to help those who were new to their faith in God so that they can grow up in their faith in God. Evangelism is helping others come to know Christ Jesus, which then transitions right into discipleship, which is helping others to grow in their faith in Christ Jesus. And both are equally important in the local church. Both are equally important in our lives. We need to help others come to know Jesus and grow in their faith in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is encouraging these mature believers, those who are strong in their faith in Jesus, remember, you are to bear with the weaknesses, the struggles with those within the church family there in Rome who aren't as strong in their faith in Christ Jesus yet. And so this is clearly a teaching for us as well today. We're to bear with the weaknesses of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who are young in the faith and who are growing in the faith. We're to bear with the weaknesses of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who are strong in the faith. And we certainly are to continue helping others and encouraging others to grow in our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And so we see Paul shares these words, Romans 15, I'll begin reading in verse 4. Paul wrote these words, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Paul shares some powerful words about encouragement for us here in this passage. Words that we, striving to be his encouragers today, tonight, this week, need to embrace so that we can express to those in the congregations that God is placing around us on a daily basis. We'll leave here shortly and we'll go out to our congregations. And so we need to fill up on this truth because we need to be encouraged, but then we'll also need to fill up on this truth so that we can dispense it to those that God's gonna place around us throughout this week. So let's look at these points real quickly. Number, number one, the first point is God gives us encouragement. God 
gives us encouragement. Look at what Paul said. Now may the God, in verse 5, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement. God gives us endurance in our faith. God gives us encouragement. If we want encouragement, if we want to encourage others, then we must get with God because encouragement comes from God. Encouragement comes from him. The more we get with God, the more we are able to fill up on his encouragement for us, which then allows us to encourage others. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God is the God of all comfort. So God is the author of our encouragement. God is the author of our comfort. God encourages us, and he fills us with encouragement for others. God comforts us, and he fills us with comfort for others. We have access to all the encouragement and comfort we could ever need in our relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We have access to the great encourager, the great comforter, the God who gives us encouragement, the God of all comfort. And so it's incumbent upon us as followers of Jesus, as his kids, to make sure we get with God, that we seek him first, that we ask him to encourage us, that we ask him to comfort us in those times when we're discouraged, in those times when we need comfort. We must run to our Father and we must ask him to fill us up with his encouragement. And he'll do this. God's eyes are open to us. His ears are open and are, they're listening. Since his eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cries for help. If we ask, we'll receive. If we seek, we'll find. If we'll knock, we'll, he'll open the door. He's the giver of all good gifts. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows. He will pour his encouragement into us. He loves us, and he will encourage us. He loves us. He will comfort us. And his encouragement comes to us at times through comfort. His encouragement comes to us at times through correction and conviction. His encouragement comes to us through instruction. He will encourage us. God gives us encouragement. Paul was sharing with these believers what he had been teaching them throughout this letter. Those who are strong in the faith, those who are weak in the faith. Let's make sure that we understand and realize God gives us encouragement. Second, God encourages us by his Holy Spirit. God encourages us by his Holy Spirit. This is how he encourages us, how he gives us encouragement. When God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, God placed his Holy Spirit in us. Scripture says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God safe and secure in God's family, sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. He is the down payment of our inheritance of glory one day. The presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us at the moment of our salvation. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15 and 16, if you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father to give you another counselor to be with you forever. The counselor that Jesus is referring to is the Holy Spirit. Counselor means our comforter, our encourager, our helper. So the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us. He takes residence in us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. And it is the Holy Spirit of God. He is the one who comes along beside us and he encourages us and empowers us to live God's way. He encourages and empowers us to see others as God sees them, to love others as God loves them. He encourages and empowers us to encourage others and to comfort others to minister to others. 
And so we understand and realize that the Holy Spirit of God is our constant source of encouragement from God. That's awesome. Does that fire you up? I hope it does. It fires me up. We've got a constant source of encouragement. He's our encouragement, the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our guide. He's our convictor. He's our encourager. He's our teacher. He is constantly encouraging us to live God's way. This is why the scriptures tell us that we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to keep in step with the Spirit. We're not to quench the Spirit. Because we walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. And as we walk by the Spirit, we are filled with encouragement, even in the midst of the challenges that we are facing. As Paul indicated with the believers of Thessalonica, he was facing all kinds of persecution, yet he was encouraged by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit living within him because of the reports that he was hearing. So we understand how important this is. God gives us encouragement. God encourages us by his Holy Spirit. God encourages us, number three, uh, in his word. He encourages us in his word. We see in verse four, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scripture. Say that with me out loud, that, that last phrase. The encouragement from the scriptures. Well, what was written in the past is reference to the Old Testament scriptures that Paul was sharing. Paul told us God's word, Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures, instruct us on how to live God's way. God's word, Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, encourage us to live God's way. God's word, Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, fill us with hope as we live God's way. And God's word, Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, Encourage us to endure and persevere in our challenges, difficulties, stresses, trials, tribulations through the examples and testimonies of those who have gone before us that we see and read about here in the scriptures. God encourages us in amazing ways through the scriptures. We think of our Old Testament Friend Joshua, the Lord God came to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, it's your turn. Joshua, you're the man. You're the one who's going to lead my people, the nation of Israel, under the promised land. Just don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. We read the testimony from our friend Joshua. And, and this testimony encourages us because it reminds us that God is also with us. He's with us every step of our way. He never leaves us, fails us, or forsakes us. He's with us. Therefore, we don't have to be afraid or discouraged. We can be strong and courageous. Paul was talking to Timothy, his son of the faith, and Paul was getting ready to, to phase out of his earthly ministry. Paul knew his time on earth was coming to an end. And he was encouraging Timothy to take up the baton of leadership and to continue leading forward. And he knew that Timothy struggled at times with fear. And so Paul, writing to Timothy, he said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. This example, Paul communicating with Timothy, 
encourages us today because it reminds us we're to walk by faith, not by fear, but the power of God's Holy Spirit at work in us. Paul wrote to the believers at the church in Philippi, and he told them, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This word from Paul to the believers at Philippi encourages us today because it reminds us that this world's not our home. We're passing through on our way to glory. And it fills us with hope for today and for all of our tomorrows because we know the Lord Jesus Christ is returning for us. Amen? He's returning. What a glorious day that will be. So here's the point. The more we study the Scriptures, the more we're encouraged through the Scriptures. You see, God gives us encouragement by His Holy Spirit in us, in His Word, as the Holy Spirit teaches us this Word and helps us to understand and apply this Word by empowering us to do just that. So the more we get with God and get into this word, the more we begin to fill up with encouragement. And so we're beginning to get the picture. And what Paul was sharing with these believers, he was encouraging the strong and the weak, the mature and the immature, those who have been walking with the Lord for a long time, those who had just started walking with the Lord. He's encouraging them, hey, listen, guys, as you get with God, God's going to give you encouragement and you're going to need it because there's going to be trials and troubles and tribulations and persecution and struggles. You're going to need this encouragement, but God's going to give you the encouragement by his spirit in you through the scriptures. And what's going to happen is we get so filled up what God wants for us as a church family God wants our church family to be so filled up with his encouragement that we just overflow. This place becomes a huge fountain overflowing with God's love and encouragement, pouring out and overflowing from us and just covering the community around us. So that those who live around us know and understand, man, you want some encouragement. We need to get up to the ridge. We need to get up there. Because there's always seems to be encouragement just overflowing from that place. But you see, that's exactly the same way God wants each one of us to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see, as each one of us individually get with God, as we get into his word, as we study his word, we get filled up on the encouragement from the scriptures. And what happens is we're getting with God on a regular basis. We're becoming encouraged by God. And what happens is God fills us up with his encouragement because we need his encouragement. And then God fills us up with his encouragement. And all of a sudden what happens is his encouragement comes overflowing out of us. And we become literal walking fountains of encouragement overflowing to all those God places around us in our congregations throughout the week on a day-by-day basis. And others just get overwhelmed by the encouragement that's coming out from us by the power of the Holy Spirit of God who is at work in us. But you see, we must get with God and get in this word because if we don't, if we choose to put this up each Sunday and wait to pick it back up the next Sunday, we will be so discouraged by what's going on around us. We'll be so discouraged by the lies the enemy is speaking to us that encouragement won't be coming out of us. It will be something completely different. And so Paul is encouraging these believers. God encourages us as well through one another. Look at verse 5. 
He continues and says, now may the God who gives encouragement and endurance and encouragement grant you, they're the group of believers, the plural, grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Christ Jesus. So God encourages us so that we can live in harmony with one another. Harmony means to be of the same mind as one another in Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul understood and knew, and he was sharing, and he was encouraging these believers through his instruction to these believers. The more we grow in our faith in God, the more we grow in our love for God, the more we grow in our love for one another, and the more we grow in our faith in God, the more we grow in our desire to encourage one another. Why? Because encouragement is a must in God's family because encouragement is from God. And we are members of God's family in Christ Jesus. And so we understand and realize the more we grow in our faith in God, the more we will want to encourage one another. Listen, the more we grow as husbands, the more we're going to want to encourage our wives. It's real simple. The more wives grow in their faith in the Lord, the more they're going to want to encourage their husbands. It's not difficult. The more we grow in our faith in God, the more we're going, to encur- we're going to want to encourage all those he places around us because that's in accordance with the truth of his word and the way in which his Holy Spirit will speak and move and work in and through us. And God places folks around us on purpose, not by accident, because he wants us to offer those words of encouragement to them. And so we see how important this is. We need to encourage one another. We need to encourage one another because it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged. I don't know about you, but apart from the saving work of Christ in me, apart from the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of this word, and my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, man, I I would be drowning in discouragement. It's easy to get discouraged even as we're walking with the Lord. We need to encourage one another because spiritual warfare is real. We need to encourage one another because temptation is real. We need to encourage one another because we're prone to turn away from God and give in to sin. We need to encourage one another, though the Christian life is the best life and the Christian life is the blessed life. The Christian life is not the easy life. There's not a whole lot that's easy about being in the world, but not of the world. Living our lives sold out for Christ Jesus, it's difficult. We need encouragement. We need to encourage one another simply because God said so, and that's more than enough for us. And so God wants us, as we're understanding this teaching, this truth, once again, fresh and new, to ask him to empower us to be encouragers today, this week. Make it a priority. Get with God so that you can be filled up on his encouragement, on his truth, so that he can continue his work of transforming you into the likeness of Christ. And then ask God to allow that encouragement that you're receiving from him to pour out to those around you. And it'd be a blessing, a huge blessing to those that that God's gonna place around you this day and this week. I can assure you, If we were able to see into the hearts and minds of all those that God places around us, we would see just a desperate need for encouragement.
a desperate need, maybe for just a simple truth from God's word, a smile, a comforting word, maybe a correcting word. We need it. Others need it. God is dispensing it to us this morning. And I want you to see the beauty of how Paul shares this truth that he says God's encouragement is for God's glory. Verse 6. It's all this encouragement we're talking about. He says, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and with one voice. God encourages us so that we can bring glory to his name. What brings glory to God's name? I'll tell you what brings glory to God's name. Encouragement, harmony, oneness, and unity within his family. What brings glory to God's name? Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus living in harmony with one another. What brings glory to God's name? Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus praising God together with one mind and with one voice. In love with God and therefore in love with one another in Christ Jesus. See, God wants unity, Satan wants disunity. God wants encouragement, Satan wants discouragement. And how important and how relevant and how on point is this teaching for us today? God encourages us by his Holy Spirit in us, in his word and through our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus so that we can endure in our faith in Jesus filled with the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. This encouragement from God helps us then to live in harmony with one another so that we can glorify God with one mind and with one voice as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God's encouragement unifies us in Jesus. God's encouragement fills us with the love of Jesus. God's encouragement helps us to encourage one another for Jesus. God's encouragement helps us to bring glory to Jesus. And God's encouragement helps us to point others to King Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, let me encourage each one of us again this morning. Let's get with God. Let's cry out to him. Let's ask for his encouragement in whatever form or fashion we need. Let's get in the word so that we can soak in his encouragement as the Holy Spirit ministers that encouragement to us. And then let's put that encouragement into practice as we pour it on to those God places around us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a time of response. As we just simply respond to the Lord and our worship of the Lord, he is spoken to us and now we get to respond in obedience to him our pastors will be standing here at the front they would love to pray with you pray for you they would love to minister to you and encourage you in whatever way you may need that word of encouragement get with the father allow him to encourage you maybe his encouragement is going to come through some comfort that you desperately need. Maybe his encouragement is gonna come through correction. Maybe there's gonna be some conviction of an area of your life that, that God's wanting you to, to yield back over to him. Maybe it's just through some instruction that God reminds you of his truth. Let's soak in that encouragement from the Father so that we can then express it 
So those that God's gonna place around us today and this week. And let me encourage you here in person or streaming online, if you've never received God's gift of salvation by God's grace through your faith in Jesus, then let me encourage you, today is the day of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He's at work in your life by his grace, the power of his Holy Spirit drawing you closer and closer to him. Let me encourage you to receive his gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus. To just cry out to God and to tell God that you understand that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and you believe Jesus is your Savior. That you believe he died on the cross in your place. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day. That he is alive and the only way for you to enter into a relationship with God. Repent from your sins. Confess them to God and then just simply receive God's gift of salvation by asking Jesus to come in and take over and take charge. Today could be the day of salvation for you and what an encouraging day that would be. We're going to continue to worship the Lord through our response to the Lord. Let's stand and worship Him.